0: Hello, and welcome back to Food Therapy Podcast. Today, Lauren and I are going to be talking all things, coping with emotions, with food. You might think of it as emotional eating, Um, but we really want to talk about emotional eating and why emotional eating should not be demonized as it is oftentimes in society. And on top of that, what are some other ways that we can begin to cope with our emotions by expanding that emotional toolbox.
1: Yeah. And give you guys some action steps of what the heck do you do? Do you avoid it completely? Do you, what do you do?
0: Yeah. So first, I I think it's first important to mention like, eating is emotional, food is emotional. And oftentimes there might be the sense of embarrassment or shame when someone is reliant on food to self-soothe. And what I want to remind you is oftentimes we don't have other tools available to us in that moment, on that day in our our lives. And so it's important to give yourself some self-compassion and recognize that you are doing the best you can with the tools that you have. So kind of related to, you know, coping with emotions, we eat for so many different reasons. You can eat for anxiety, stress. um, If you're looking for comfort, if you're looking for distraction, if you are angry or sad, like there are so many different emotions that can come into play and there are no right or wrong emotions here. And there's no right or wrong way of going about this.
1: Yes. And sometimes people even eat you know, when they're really happy, you know? Yeah. Um, and like Britt said, it's there's no right or wrong way to go about this. And we're by no means here to be like, okay, here are all the ways to avoid emotional eating mm-hmm. because that's, it's not necessary. The goal is not to be like, okay, I'm never going to emotionally eat again. You know, kind of similar to with body image or with food. The goal isn't to never have a negative thought about food or body image again, The goal is to stop the spiral. The goal is to be able to be more aware of these things so that you can tackle them healthfully. So... With emotional eating, the goal isn't, all right, let's stop emotional eating all once and for all. The goal is, how can we become more aware of what's actually going on? What are these emotions? Is there a better way that we can address them? Are we just masking it with food? Right. So with my clients, our first question is always, if you are having the urge to eat, are you hungry? right? Because if you're hungry, then of course we want you to eat. If the answer is no, then we definitely want to do some more digging and try to identify what is that emotion that you're feeling right now. So if you're like, um, I think I'm actually just bored. Okay. So can we make an emotional toolbox for boredom? If you're like, oh, I'm actually just feeling sad. Okay. Then can we make an emotional toolbox for sadness. Is there anything that makes you feel better when you're sad? And sometimes that's just sitting on the couch with the pint of ice cream and that's fine. But having that awareness of like, okay, I'm actively like this ice cream is going to make me feel better mentally. And the goal again is at this point, it's like, I don't want you to emotionally eat this ice cream, not be aware of it, and then feel even worse than you did before because you're sad and then you ate the ice cream and your stomach's upset and you feel all this food guilt and it's even worse. Right. So,
0: yeah. And I actually do the exact same with my clients as well, which is, you know, one, like, are you physically hungry? Right. Is that like biological hunger? And if the answer is yes, like give yourself the permission to eat. And if the answer is no, are there, you know, can we identify different emotions? Can we match some type of other tool that might help. And to be honest, like that might be food and it might be food and something else, right? So it can be eating ice cream and going on a walk with a friend. But the most important part is to not judge yourself and criticize yourself for any inadequacies or shortcomings that you feel like you have, but rather having that self-compassion, that curiosity and that awareness is going to be so incredibly important.
1: Yes. And then when we move on to that next step of like this emotional toolbox we're talking about, right? Like what does that actually look like? So there's a few different ways that you can do it. There's one way that I have people who want to do it for each emotion that they have because there's different things that they would want to do. Um, I have people who would rather just have one big emotional toolbox. But at the end of the day, what we want is for it to be super, super accessible and convenient for you. right? Because most of the time when we're grabbing for food, when we're emotional, it's because that's the quickest fix to be like, to get that dopamine hit, feel better, whatever it is, whatever emotion we're feeling. right? So I always say you can either, some people make it their phone background. Um, Some people are like, no way in hell am I putting my emotional toolbox in my phone background? (laughs) So some people will screenshot it and I'll have them make a folder in their phone, um, in their photos. And it's like intuitive eating or something like that. And their emotional toolbox is right there. So you're not going and searching for your phone like Oh, it's so much easier for me to just go grab food rather than figure out where I have this screenshotted in my photos. You just go to the folder, check some things out. And then from there, you can pick some of the tools or one of the tools, don't overwhelm yourself. And then you can go ahead, try it. And you can set a timer for 10, 20 minutes. Try that that uh, technique, that tool, whatever you want to call it, and then revisit and if you're still wanting to eat something, then go for it.
0: Yeah. giving yourself permission. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important. Like we want to be careful when removing emotional eating. Sometimes I'll hear clients come and they're like, well, I feel like I shouldn't be emotionally eating. And the truth is that might be the only tool you have available to you. And so to take away that sense of safety is going to do a disservice. And so working with a therapist, a counselor, also like creating this emotional toolbox can be so incredibly important. One other thing that I did want to mention as well is this idea of food restriction. So whether that restriction is physical or mental, it can actually trigger a loss of control, which can feel like emotional eating. Mm -hmm. And so if you find that you're constantly turning to food, to cope, or you feel like you're emotional eating, I want to first ask you, are your basic needs being met? So are you nourishing your body throughout the day? Are you getting adequate sleep? Are you hydrating? Are you moving your body? Because if your basic needs are not being met, then one, that can feel like emotional eating if you're not eating adequately. But also if somehow your life becomes unbalanced, Coping with food can be this gift, right? So if you feel like you have too many obligations, too little time to relax, we can definitely turn to food to cope.
1: Yeah. So basically what Brittany's saying is it's a little bit of gentle nutrition, right? That bottom of the pyramid of gentle nutrition is adequacy, right? So before we look into anything else in terms of nutrition or you know what's going on we want to make sure that you're eating enough so if you're feeling out of control around food and you're you know saying it's emotional eating it very well might be but it might be a coupling of emotional eating not eating enough having rules around food i mean it this all plays into each other and that's why it's super important to you know if you're struggling with something like this work with a dietitian because it's it's something that can be difficult on your own to determine what are the actual triggers that I need to be working on in order to heal my relationship with food. Because more often than not, it's a combination of a ton of different things that we need to work on together.
0: Yeah. I also want to point out that there have been some studies that have shown that although you might have immediate emotional comfort from eating the negative rush of guilt that we're all like, you know, we're usually consumed by tends to wipe out any form of relief. And so again, if you are using food to cope, but then you're also immediately feeling guilty about the fact that you're using food to cope, can you begin to replace that guilt with feelings of self-compassion? Can you start to get curious about some of the underlying, you know, emotions and, underlying issues that might be going on. So you can start to understand a different way of dealing with them.
1: Yes, exactly. So if you guys need some examples for that emotional toolbox and dealing with those things, um, like I said, you can segment it up into like when I'm bored, this is what I want to do. When I'm sad, this is what I want to do. But one of my other favorite things in that emotional toolbox is coupling. So totally just made that up. I've never even called it coupling before, but coupling. Cool. I like it.
0: So (laughs) I see like conscious uncoupling from Gwyneth Paltrow and her husband. What's that? Conscious uncoupling. Yeah. Okay. Google it.
1: Oh God. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a vagina candle. So yeah. (laughs) So yeah, coupling, maybe we can come up with a better word for that, but essentially what I'm talking about is it's kind of like multitasking and I don't know maybe this is just like my ADHD brain that I I need to do more than one thing to actually stop my thoughts. Um but or anxiety brain, I don't even know anymore. But basically what it is is it's like okay, so I'm listening to music but like that's not enough for me. So I'm listening to music and I'm cleaning, or I'm listening to a podcast and I'm cleaning, or I'm on a walk and I'm talking to a friend or listening to a podcast or something like that. So it's like, for me personally, I'm like, I need both my mind and my hands occupied or my body, whether it's a walk, whatever. So that's always a good technique, you know, call a friend. Um, and you know, sometimes that might, enough for you or go on a walk and call a friend or, um, you know, stretch and call a friend or any of those types of things. It's usually helpful to have some sort of coupling.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, something that I usually refer to, I think it's actually from the fourth edition of intuitive eating, but Evelyn and Elise rush. So they break it up into distraction, support, self-care and then dealing directly with the feelings. So distraction are things that you're mentioning, Lauren, like listening to a podcast, maybe going for a walk, changing your environment, maybe going on TikTok and watching some you know funny videos. Support can be speaking with a friend or a therapist or a dietitian, talking to a family member. And then of course, self-care, it's really creating boundaries for yourself. Um, getting alone time, making sure we're getting enough rest, maybe setting some limits and meditating and breathing. And then finally, dealing directly with the feeling, which can be in the form of journaling, writing a letter, speaking with a therapist, or even just sitting with your thoughts and feelings. I will say that it's not always going to be the case where someone can directly meet that feeling. It might be really heavy and it might be almost too emotional to take on. And in that case, using forms of like distraction or support or self-care can really come in handy um, as well. But I think like seeing what your emotional state is like, what emotion you're feeling and if, you know, dealing with the feelings head on, is that going to be so overwhelming that it's not going to be beneficial in that moment? And if not, you have other options as well.
1: Yeah. I love that. And it's just another way to look at things. And I do want to point out one thing in terms of support, definitely protect yourself. Don't, you know, talk about this with someone who, you know, is rooted in restriction and dieting or diet Mm -hmm. culture. Uh, Definitely, you know, protect yourself and set that boundary of like, I won't bring this up with XYZ person, um, you know, whatever it is. And then, Something that I actually found really interesting when you um, mentioned like feeling your feelings, right? So I think a lot of times people are like, I don't want to just like sit in this sadness. Like feeling my feelings is like, it fucking sucks, right? But what I used to think feeling your feelings is, which essentially I just explained, uh, I think it was Molly from uh, My Body Image Coach. She talks about feeling your feelings in the sense of like, what does it actually feel like in my body? Like if I had to name a color of it in my body, what would it look like? If you, I'm sure there's some meditations, if you look up on YouTube, like emotional embodiment, that's the goal there, right? Right. Not necessarily like, okay, let me feel the sadness and make myself even more sad. But at the same time, you know, when you're sad and like, you just want to listen to sad songs, that's what you got to do, right? And that's feeling your feelings too. But, you know, naming it, the color of it, what I, where am I feeling this in my body? What does it feel like? Um, you know, can I sit with it? All of those types of things um, can just, again, gain your awareness around these feelings um, and can just be a healthy way to deal with it.
0: Yeah, I love, I love that. Um, something else that I often do with clients is even kind of doing a brain dump and coming up with a list of ways in which coping with food serves me -hmm. And how coping with food maybe doesn't serve me. So, for example, how coping with food can serve me would be the fact that it's reliable. We know that food is always there. And for many, well, of course, keeping in mind food insecurity, but assuming that there is access to food, that food is there, it's reliable, um, it's a friend. It can help you from feeling some negative emotions, some, you know, negative feelings. It can create some control, which for some people feels better. And of course food tastes good. And if you're thinking about food that doesn't serve me, you know, it disconnects us from our body because if we are eating at times when we aren't actually hungry, that will get in the way of those hunger and fullness cues. Um, it might not create the most satisfying eating experience because you're not going to likely be engaging in any of those senses and um, physical sensations. And then, of course, it might lead you to feel overfull, maybe uncomfortably full. And then lastly, it might numb really positive aspects of your life. And if we're constantly turning to food and we're numbing out some of the other things, it gets in the way of us actually dealing with the things that are happening in our life.
1: Yes, I love that. It's it can act as a band-aid and we don't want that, right? Um, which is the purpose of getting, you know, getting curious and the awareness. Um so if you're kind of like if awareness is kind of like not resonating with you, another thing you can ask yourself is like let's get curious. Like what what's happening here, right? Um and curious without the judgment. Yes. That's like yes. That is key for sure. So curiosity it without judgment can be really helpful. But if you're like, okay, I'm curious, like, why do I want to eat right now? I'm so bad. What's wrong with me? I just ate. That's different than being like, huh, that's interesting. Why am I feeling like I want to eat right now? Is it a matter of being hungry? Is it a matter of an emotion, et cetera? And I also want to point out that emotion, like food, it drives me nuts when people are like, Food is fuel. Like you don't need it for anything else. Like just eat to like fuel your body. Eat to like, live. Yeah. yeah, eat to live. Exactly. And food is traditions. It's emotions. It's and it community. Oh, yeah, community celebration connection. Like so many things. And a big one of those things is emotional. Like food is an emotional thing um, because it's part of so many pieces of our lives, right? Like t- say, for example, it's, you're at a birthday party and there's cake and it's from your favorite bakery and you're not hungry, but you really want to have this experience with your niece who loves this cake too, right? Like that's an emotional connection point that you're connecting on through food. Um, So remembering that too, because those are really important pieces of our lives and food is a big piece of that. It's not just to keep us alive.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's, I often talk about this with clients as well, because I think there is this conception where it's like we are supposed to eat exclusively for nutrition and nutrient density. And what that does is it totally ignores the pleasure, the satisfaction, the joy that food can really bring us when we're making it such almost like a robotic, scientific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I did want to bring up too, and again, I, I keep bringing up intuitive eating, but unsurprisingly, when I was going through training with Evelyn, she talked about emotional eating being this strange gift. Mm-hmm. And she brought up a story how she had worked with someone for like a year and the client came back like two years later and was so upset because she felt like she's regressed and that she had failed. Mm -hmm. And when Evelyn was like inquiring, like what was going on, she realized that she had these really life-changing moments. Um, I don't remember what it was, if it was a divorce or if it was a loss, a death, but it was something that she had never dealt with before. And so Evelyn was said, like, of course you know, you are using food to cope. You know, sometimes we might find ourselves using food to cope when we're dealing with stressors in our life that we haven't yet created the coping tools for. Mm. So that could be divorce. It could be changing jobs. It could be moving to a new city where you don't know anyone. It could be the birth of a child. Any type of new experience that we haven't had the opportunity yet to develop coping skills for you might revert back to food and that's completely normal. And it's completely, completely okay, because it's a familiar way for you that you know how to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so again, I don't remember who said this and I wish I did, but it did not come for me, but somebody said that there is wisdom in your coping. Mm -hmm. And so whether that coping is using food There is wisdom in your coping. So give yourself some compassion, some love, and be gentle with yourself.
1: Yes. And that's kind of related to like whenever I always ask clients like, what are your wins this week? What are your roadblocks this week? And I always really try to help them with their roadblocks and turning it into a win because even just being aware of that being a roadblock Mm -hmm. is a win. Because it's data for you to use in the future to continue to improve your relationship with food. So to recap this whole, you know, everything we just talked about, emotional eating, I want to give you guys like kind of the framework that we essentially just talked out over 20 minutes or however long that was. So basically, first step, right, is am I hungry? First step, the answer is yes, go ahead and eat. If the answer is no then asking yourself, what emotion am I feeling? Identify that emotion. And maybe you have to like have a feelings wheel. That's totally cool too. Literally just Google feelings wheel and identify what that emotion is. For whatever reason, it sounds like something like a kid in kindergarten would do, but sometimes it's actually hard to identify what emotion we're feeling, right? So Get out a feelings wheel. You can put it in your little uh, photo folder that's for intuitive eating and identify that emotion. And then from there, sit down and ask yourself, like with these emotions, what is a way for me to cope? And, you know, obviously food might be one of those because you're thinking you're wanting to eat right now. Um, but are there any things, that, anything else that you can use to cope? And then from there, you can just try and do that thing. You can set a timer or not. Some people just like to set a timer for like 20 minutes, do that thing. Um, and then after they're like, Oh my God, I literally totally forgot. I even set a timer and wanted food. And other times they're like, I literally still want that food so badly. Um, so go ahead and eat it because we want to still give ourselves that permission or it's going to further perpetuate, you know, restriction thoughts about food, Uh, And it it becomes not even about emotional eating anymore at that point. So I
0: hope this was helpful for you guys. Anything else you want to add, Brett? No, I think that covers it. You know, again, at the end of the day, emotional eating is normal. Coping with emotions with food is normal. And you aren't doing something wrong by coping with food. Mm -hmm. Can you use this opportunity to get curious, curious, about some of the other coping tools that you have available to you. And if that means you still wanna continue to use food, that's okay too, but I do think it's important to continue to expand that toolkit over time so you can continue to feel connected to your body and again, have that compassion with yourself.
1: Yes, amazing.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Food Therapy. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to support our podcast, please subscribe, hit download, and share it with your community. We value your feedback. If you feel inspired, please leave a review. Let us know what you've learned and what you would like to hear next.